Hello and a big welcome to Talking Dogs with me, Graham Hall. Have you seen me on Telly's Dogs Behaving Very Badly? You might have done. I'm the guy who gets sent in when a dog's wreaking havoc in a household. I'd like to think there's not much I haven't seen after my 10 years plus as a dog trainer, but yeah, I still am surprised by what dogs get up to sometimes. I'm known as the dog father, and every week I like to help even more owners with their dogs here on this podcast too. Whether you've got a barker, a biter, or a Houdini-level escape artist on your hands, I'll do my best to show you how to handle your dog. Now, as I'm recording this, stuck inside, the weather outside is glorious. Um, We're able to... (laughs) That's the sacrifice I make, you know. We're able to get outside now, aren't we, and meet people for some much-needed laughter with our loved ones. Now, no doubt you'll be heading out to a local park for a picnic at some point. All great fun until a dog comes and nicks your scotch eggs. Let me tell you, that's pretty painful. Or maybe you're worried it's your pup who'll be gate-crashing somebody else's party in search of food. Now, that's something that Eleanor's having a bit of trouble with. Hi, Graham. I really enjoyed your recent episode on resource guarding. My dog definitely does that. She's a 11-month-old Dalmatian. We're practising the advice that you gave to ignore the behaviour. But what I wanted to ask is, how does that apply to the spring and summer months if you live in a city and you take your dog on walks in the park where there are lots of barbecues and picnics and broad opportunities for your dog to steal food? She will grab the food and run around and away with it, with me chasing her. It's just something I'm a bit worried about and... I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. Well, thanks for getting in touch, Eleanor. I'm, I'm glad you've uh, you liked that previous uh, podcast. So, uh, what can we do? Well, yeah, we don't want you chasing your dog all around the park, um, <laughs> somebody else's pot pie in her mouth. I think there's a plan for this. And I think, like a lot of things, we can tackle this in lots of different ways. So, first of all, have you got a good recall? And I've done a, a podcast on that before. So, recall is something that I always train with no distractions at all to start with, which might sound a bit counterintuitive when we're talking about not nicking food. But then you build it up so that you start to introduce distractions as you go now if you've got that particular problem where stealing food is the biggest distraction ever and it's not you know running to play with other dogs or whatever then you could set up little bits of food in the back garden so as you've got a really good recall and you think this is great we'll do a little test it's like yeah there's a bit of food there but if i call you and you come away from it you get something even better you know when you come back so you're rewarding the turning away from food with something even better so that would be a way to to start to tailor your recall to your particular problem the the other thing is if that's gone wrong and she's picked something up then you uh, you need a drop command don't you so the word can be anything you like i quite like out because it sounds a bit like a bark you know or drop leave it you know that kind of thing and there are lots of different ways to train that but if you've got lots of patience i mean a really easy way to do it is you play with a toy and if you freeze uh, the toy becomes a bit boring so often that's when the dog just lets go as they let go you overlay that action of theirs with your new command. So let's let's say drop, right? Or dead, by the way, is another one that gun dog trainers use a lot. So as the dog lets go, you say, let's say drop for clarity. Um, she goes, oh, that's odd. And then you, you give her the toy straight back into her mouth and let her play again. Now, that's important because 
how you're going to reward that letting go moment is giving the toy back to play. What often happens when we're trying to train a drop is the dog's got something that we really don't want them to have and we're trying to train it live with a problem. So once they let go, we take that thing away and then the dog learns that, hang on a minute, if I ever let go of things, you're going to punish me by taking it away. So by doing it with the toy, we can reverse that. You let go, you get it back. You let go, you get it back. Get it? <laughs> you know, And you play that game. Because you're associating the action of opening her mouth with your new command, right? She then starts to do it on command. So the interesting point there is we weren't just going drop, 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 drop while she was seizing onto it. Because if you do that, what does drop mean in her head? Seizing on, apparently, because that's the only time she ever hears it. Yeah. So to recap, she's playing with you. You freeze. She lets go. As she lets go, you say drop. That's making that connection with the right action, yeah? Because she's let go, you go, oh, good girl, and you have it back, and then you play again. So you unfreeze, and you play again. Because that's the other thing I didn't actually tell you, is if there's one thing more fun than a toy, it's a toy that you made come alive. So you've got a good recall. You've got a drop command that works, just in case it's gone wrong. And I would say this, the third string to my bow was, until I'm there, I'd probably have her on a long line in the park so that actually she hasn't got the ability to just sort of wave fingers at you and disappear into the distance with her Scott Jeg. You know, she's got some freedom, she can mooch about, but if she makes a beeline for that, um, that picnic, then uh, actually, no. Really, you know, your dog should know not to eat anything unless explicitly told to do so by you. Now, Naomi sent me a voice note that really brings home why it's so important that your dog's been trained not to eat anything that they see. Hi, Graham. My miniature schnauzer Lilo and I enjoy watching dogs behaving very badly together. I just got back from a walk in the Italian part of Switzerland where I live, and I've was told by a couple of dog owners that somebody is leaving poisoned meat around for dogs to eat. I don't know why somebody's being so awful. It's horrendous. My question is, is there a way that I can train my exceedingly greedy dog not to eat anything he finds outside? Because obviously I'm really worried about this and it's not an isolated case. So thank you very much and thank you for bringing a bit of Yorkshire to me. As you can probably hear, I'm from Leeds. So it's great to hear some proper speaking. Bye. <laughs> proper speaking. Get you with your Italian part of Switzerland. Tell you, you can take the girl out of Yorkshire. You can't take Yorkshire out of the girl. But yeah, no, you've got a serious problem there. Yeah, I've heard of cases like this around and about in the UK as well. They're quite rare, thankfully. But yeah, um, you just don't know what somebody's going to do potentially. And quite apart from malicious people doing things like that, there are things out and about that could poison your dog. So, you know, be it, uh, you know, mushrooms and fungi and all sorts of things like that. So how do you teach your dog to, to refuse food in effect is what you're asking, I suppose. Uh, it's tricky because dogs want to eat, don't they? Of course they do. And they're inquisitive, particularly younger dogs. So puppies, you've got a double whammy. 
everything about them is screaming out i need to build this body i need food i need to you know take it in the galleries also that inquisitiveness is is at its peak really when they're puppies but a dog of any age it's a problem so how do you do it i'd start at home actually so you can have two hands with a bit bit of food in so let's say you put your hands out left and right and let's say for the sake of the argument if you can imagine this the the one that you want them to refuse um, there's some food in the right hand so the dog goes to sniff that hand goes to sniff you know maybe tries to nibble at your fingers and you could as they finally give up and go well, this ain't working and back off add in a command right so as they're backing away you say for example leave it right now i'm not too bothered by the way what your command is uh, i always say to people choose a command that that actually makes sense to you that will come naturally to you when you know in the moment but let's say leave it for the sake of clarity so dogs backing off we're saying leave it right and then you go oh, good girl and then you open up the other hand and you have a treat from there look. Right? <laughs> yeah so if i go to the right hand and there's food there's food there's food right and she's following her natural instinct to try and get into it when she gives up and backs off she starts to hear this new command leave it and she's still backing off so she gets good girl and then the double whammy is like oh and i get food anyway from the in this case the left hand right so it's clear isn't it if i try and force the, the issue and and steal food I, I don't get it anyway but if i back off i get praise and i get food great once you've got that and by the way you can change the hands around as you go so it's a bit more random so she starts to understand that i'm here in leave it when i'm backing off that's when you're ready to use leave it as a command right for want of a better word so as she goes towards something you say leave it she goes oh i know this game she backs off right and then she gets a little bit of food for backing off so we've created a new command leave it she understands what leave it means back off yeah and if she does that what's in it for her well the thing that she wants right now funnily enough a bit of food makes sense doesn't it you could then move to having your hand open could be slightly open to start with in the end you'll have your, your, your hand out with your palm pointing up and a bit of food there you know you say leave it she goes yeah yeah no i know it's in full sight i could nick it frankly and somebody once told me that a dog's mouth is is four times faster than than your hand <laughs> i could believe that but nonetheless this is kind of mind over matter so it's like leave it you yeah, know okay, okay I'll, I'll leave it you then move from that to putting a little bit of food on the floor and playing it that way you then got a fairly robust sort of leave it command that you could take outside and i reckon that'll work in the italian part of switzerland just as well it works in britain Now, it's not just outside that we need to train our dogs to be good around food. It's at home, too. Kieran sent me an email about his nine-month-old cockapoo, Sooty. Uh, I think we know what colour Sooty is, don't we? So Kieran says, When we try to eat, we put him into the crate, as if we keep him in the kitchen, he jumps all over us, climbs up, front paws on the dining table, and if we put him outside, he scrapes the back door and he cries there. I, I can't put him in the next room, as he'd do the same if we shut the door to the living room. I've tried feeding him after us, before us, and the same time as us, but he's really not quiet at all. As soon as our food's cooking, he gets overexcited and he starts jumping about. We'd love to have him in the room with us, but if he's in the crate, as soon as we try to eat our dinner or our lunch, he just cries and cries. It's really confusing, as he won't cry in it at all in the evenings or morning, just at meal times. Right. Any ideas or advice how to change this behaviour? Okay. 
Great. I think there's loads of things going on here. Kieran, first things first, he's nine months old, hormones are raging, he's adolescent, he needs to build a body, everything about him is screaming out, me, 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 you got to feed me, you know, and, you know, arguably he might be pushing to sort of say, look, you know, I, I, I have a place at the top table, um, there might be a bit of that, but I think mainly it's just, I need I need food, I need food, right, and that's why he's crying when he's in the crate and you're eating obviously and and not at any other time so he's happy in the crate the crate itself isn't really the problem is it it's the fact that he doesn't think you can eat uh, and him not often in cases like this it's been sort of triggered or it started when people broke the rules you know what i'm gonna say and fed him from the table right and it only takes one person in a family to do that and it seems like they never give up because right? it's like you never know because a lot of dogs are very opportunist you know they're optimistic so they'll just keep on going and keep on going on that score i, I took part in a study once where a university were, were categorizing dogs as pessimistic or optimistic and the way it worked was you brought your dog into a room and there was food in one bowl always on the right and an empty bowl the other side and that was the first part you just took them in they had a little bit of food a little bit of food so every time they went into the room there was always going to be food on the right hand side and the second part of the study was the key part there were two empty bowls right so you took your dog in and the dogs that they categorized as optimistic uh, and my gordon was optimistic uh, and then some would go to the right hand bowl again and again and again just on the off chance you never know once upon a time there was food it there might be again and he would just keep it going because you never know and the dogs that were pessimistic they were the ones that walked in the room uh, looked at the empty bowl on the right looked at the empty bowl on the left and just lay down as if to say i hate my life <laughs> i think what you've got is an optimistic dog so if anybody has been feeding the dog from the table or even when you sat on the sofa and things like that don't do that uh, it's probably going to lead to a problem added to all of this it's just the case that some dogs are more food motivated than than others anyone who's got a labrador will uh, will recognize that one so i reckon you've got an optimistic dog uh, in sooty who's probably quite motivated who's at that age where everything is screaming out feed me feed me I think it'll fade away, actually. I'd rather have him out of the crate and deal with it, if I'm honest. So when he's jumping up at the table, I would just carefully but firmly brush him off. Uh, you can add to that a bit of a, you know, no. And he just needs to learn that it doesn't matter what he tries, it doesn't ever happen. You know, you've just got to get through that optimistic stage to the point where he goes, you know what, I've given this everything I've got and they never, ever feed me from the table. And, and then he'll learn. In terms of when you feed him, now this is interesting him because there was a book years ago which amongst other things sort of had this idea that you always feed yourself first uh, or even pretend to feed yourself first and feed the dog second and there were great descriptions of you know hiding biscuits behind the dog's bowl so that you looked as though you'd eaten from their bowl first and all the rest of it the idea was that basically dogs are wolves and in a wolf pack, the pack leader always uh, um, eats first. Well, there's a couple of premises um, there that are a bit wrong. One is a cockapoo ain't a wolf, as you've probably noticed. And the second thing is that 
actually it turns out that in a wolf pack it's not always the case that the boss eats first because sometimes if you've got a lower ranking wolf that's sort of doing the job of the sentinel you know the, the the lookout that one has a bite to eat first so he can do his job and then everybody else can eat in peace so i've found in practice actually that with my own dogs and and with clients dogs that just making the dog uh, wait until after you've eaten doesn't really do much in terms of the way he sees you your place in the pack and all that good stuff so uh, I, I think it's it doesn't matter so it may be actually that feeding him first and, and letting him settle down or feeding some of his food first even might just sort of settle him down so i, I would be more likely to do that than feed yourself first and feed him last that's that probably a bit contentious with some people but experience has just told me i don't think it makes much difference well thank you for joining me on another episode of talking dogs so when that cute dog now comes sniffing at your picnic and threatening your scotch eggs you can give them a bit of a pet and kindly point their owner in the direction of this podcast what is it you and your dog having a bit of a tough time with so send me an email by all means or a voice note even better i love hearing your voices to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com and make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that the next episode makes its way straight to your phone until next week look after your your loved ones and of course your dogs right i'm off for a cup of tea and a custard cream now bye for now